and welcome to the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Tandem Collective celebrates books, film, TV, podcasts and more with our global community. We're Jen, Jade, Lucy and Lex, members and friends of Team Tandem. You might already know us from Instagram or TikTok, but if not, it's great to meet you and welcome. We're here to chat to you about what's new in the world of books, publishing and film, interview some of your favourite authors and hear your thoughts on what you're reading and watching at the moment. You can find us at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram and also Tandem Collective Global. Hello, welcome to the Tandem Talks podcast. You're here with me, Jen, Lex and Luce. And today we're going to be talking about reading outside your genre. So Luce, what do you normally read and not read? So my go-to genre is normally either historical fiction or something that's quite literary. I love that those two genres, particularly with historical fiction, something that makes me go down a bit of a Google rabbit hole after I've finished and, you know, learn lots about a particular period in time. Something that I don't really read is psychological thriller or anything in the kind of crime horror field. Yeah, not really something that I have read very much of, but I think that is soon to change. I don't know how you might not know this, but I pretty much predominantly solely read within the crime thriller, psychological thriller genre. It's kind of a running joke amongst the tandem team that I say, if there's a dead body in the book, I will read it. Which, I mean take from that what you will but I like the pace of a thriller I like the drama of the thriller I like that panic on the edge of your seat and then kind of in juxtaposition the books that I don't tend to read that much are sorry loose historical fiction (laughs) anything that anything that really tests my brain like anything that I have to really try and imagine (laughs) which I know sounds so lazy but domestic noir comes very easily to my imagination you know small town murder I've got it in my brain and then Jen as you mentioned romance I'm not a big romance reader at all I used to be when I was younger like I really liked Sophie Kinsella and Adventures of the Shopaholic or whatever that series is called but now in my kind of reading prime not a romantic kind of rom-com fan not not really what about you Jen? Um, so I read fairly similarly to you, Lex, but possibly slightly more extreme. So my go-tos are crime, but usually horror. So I do like crime, but it has to be quite, quite scary. And feminist nonfiction, anything about feminism, women in the justice system, that kind of thing. I don't really like romance. I mean, I don't mind romance, but not when the romance is the whole story. I just want to hear more about what's going on in people's lives. And again, I don't really tend to read historical fiction. So what we thought we would do is challenge each other, because we all read differently. We're challenging each other to read something outside of our genre. So Lex, do you want to talk about who you have recommended to and what you've recommended yes so I don't feel like it would be a Tandem Collective Talks podcast if I didn't at some point recommend a Claire McIntosh title so when it came to recommending something for Lucy who hasn't read a lot of psychological thrillers I was actually really torn about wanting to recommend this because I know that I recommended it to everybody before so it felt like a kind of given recommendation but then I was chatting to Jen I was like a little outside of the podcast sidebar like what am I going to recommend for Lucy and then I thought about it and I 
feel like this is the perfect representation of a psychological thriller. There are twists throughout the whole book, so much so that Jen read it and then had to text me halfway through and be like, oh my God, I'm sold. And I love that feeling. I love that feeling for myself, but also for other people. So I feel like this is the perfect book to ease Lucy into the waters of psychological thrillers. And obviously, friend of the podcast, Claire McIntosh, you've got a great backlist to go ahead and explore when you're ready. So that's my recommendation for you. Luce, was it a surprise at all? If I'm completely honest, no. <laughs> you know, I, although I don't really read the psychological thrillers, I do love a good plot twist. And I'm sure that If I Let You Go is the book that you referenced we're in the last season of the podcast when we interviewed Claire or when you interviewed Claire saying it's the book with the best plot twist you've ever read is that right so as soon as it landed with me I immediately was excited and then haven't wanted to read too much about it because of fear of spoilers but you know words to describe it are addictive compelling a heart hammering plot twist so yeah I'm very much looking forward to reading it. Mm-hmm. I so hope you enjoy it. And I think the thing that really stood out for me for this particular book is that quite a lot of crime thrillers, they might save up all of their punchy twists until the very end. Whereas this one is literally kind of, it feels like set up twist, set up twist, set up twist the whole way through. So you don't really know what's happening. And I, I just love that feeling. Yeah. I, okay. So I can never, I can never relax while I'm reading it. Absolutely not. Edge of your seat reading. It's going to be a ride. (laughs) Jen, who recommended? Oh, it was me. No, it was Lucy. Lucy recommended for you. Yeah. So I, as I've said, enjoy a good bit of historical fiction. And I have recommended Beasts of a Little Land by Juhaya Kim for Jen to read, which is all about the lives of three different women living through the Korean War their own experiences, you know, how they are interconnected with each other. And I just thought it was a really beautifully written book. Like I say, it's, I always love it when a book makes me kind of learn something new or go and Google a particular period of time. I really didn't feel I knew much about the Korean War at all before reading the book, but I really, really enjoyed it. We actually ran a tandem read along for it fairly recently. So yeah, Jen, I hope you enjoy it. I know it's definitely out of your comfort zone what are your first thoughts on it since it's arrived beautiful book no I'm I'm looking forward to it more from what you've just said there than what I found out by googling I think partly because obviously I'm really interested in reading kind of non-fiction about about women so the fact it centers around the lives of these women and the fact that you said you learned a lot about the Korean War again I don't know a lot about the Korean War so I'm mm. really excited to get to know more yeah, no, I think, I think, oh, hopefully you enjoy it. And it's, it's a debut as well. And I just think it's incredible for, for a debut novel. I would like to read more by the author after reading it, which I think is always a, always a good sign. And the characters as well. I mean, character development is something that I always look for in a book and, you know, is, is kind of what makes a book stand out for me. And I think this is a book that does that really well. I'm really looking forward to reading it and seeing how I get on with it. And then, I recommended for Lex. As I said, Lex and I read quite similarly, but Lex is more kind of crimey procedural. This happened because of this kind of reason. So I have recommended Starve Acre to Lex, which is by Andrew Michael Hurley. 
kind of folk horror so it's lots of creepy stuff happens and is there really a reason for it not really it's just weird and scary so hopefully I'm going to push Lex out of her comfort zone a bit there with her not actually knowing why anything's happened if it's real if it's supernatural what's happening there what are you thinking about it Lex I'm stoked I'm super stoked I feel like so I haven't done any googling because I don't want to be like swayed by anything but the first line of the blurb on the back is the worst possible thing has happened. Richard and Juliet Willoughby's son, Ewan, has died suddenly at the age of five. And if I refer you to my previous comment about a requirement for a dead body, <laughs> I'm sold. The other thing that has me really going about this book is, I don't know whether it's because I've just got this paperback, but the front cover is textured slightly on this skeleton is such a good front cover. I love it. And this is actually another tandem read-along book. So I have been that person and gone through and put in the read-along cards so that I can enjoy those extra prompts because I'm that kind of nerdy person. But printing them off, I was like, don't look at them, don't look at them, just put them in yeah. the right pages, don't look at them. I love that. I, that's so really. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, hello, have we met? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also so scared of being spoiled. So I just didn't want to look at anything. I think the only thing that makes me nervous is that kind of supernatural element to it. Mm -hmm. Normally when like my partner and I are choosing to watch a film or a TV series or anything, like my one veto is it's got aliens in it. I'm not watching it oh, really? because I, I hate that. And it, it, this isn't definitely not like a, an all films or TV thing, but I find sometimes with sci-fi people tend to go uh, and why? Oh, aliens. And why? Oh, magic. Yeah. Mm, I don't need to explain my plot holes because aliens. Obviously, that is not the case with this book. So I mean, no, I know what you mean. I'm not massively into aliens either, but this one. So when I read it and I posted about it on Bookstagram and I spoke to quite a few other horror readers about it, and especially the last few pages, I was so unsettled. And speaking to other people, they got exactly the same feeling. And I think that's what you're going to love. The last few pages where you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't know if I like it. I think you're going to be so creeped out and enjoy it. Perfect. Well, that, that's my aim. That's what I'm the most excited for, I think. And I have just finished my last book last night. So today I'm diving in. Are you guys about to dive into your books this week as well? Yeah. Okay, in that case, I want updates in the WhatsApp group. How's it going? Loose, when those twists come, please send us your reactions. <laughs> yeah, updates, definitely. Amazing, Perfect. I can't wait. So what we're going to do now, everyone, is we're going to go away and do the reading, and then we're going to come back and discuss how we got on with our books and whether it has changed our opinion on reading across different genres. Awesome. See you in a week, guys. Hey there, it's Lex here with a reminder of how important it is to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast player. We would also love to hear what you think and which episodes are your favourite. Hit us up on podcast at thetandemcollective.com. Now, back to regularly scheduled programming. So, Jen, you are not normally a reader of historical fiction and I recommended Beasts of a Little Land by Juhaya Kim for you to read. How did you get on with it? I got on well with it. So I would definitely categorise it as historical literary, I think. 
So I'm going to read the blurb and then just go into a little bit of chat about it. In 1917, deep in the snowy mountains of occupied Korea, an impoverished local hunter on the brink of starvation saves a young Japanese officer from an attacking tiger. In an instant, their fates are connected and from this encounter unfolds a saga that spans half a century. In the aftermath, a young girl named Jade is sold by her family to Miss Silver's courtesan school, an act of desperation that will cement her place in the lowest social status. What I struggled with with it is unlike the books that I would normally read, it doesn't have big events as such. So you're just kind of enjoying the journey of it. The writing was beautiful. It's super lyrical, gorgeously described, really kind of evocative. But you don't have those big, oh my goodness, moments. So I loved it. But I think unlike a thriller, it didn't feel like it had those key key points as such yeah so still an enjoyable reading experience but not normally didn't tick all of your boxes maybe definitely an enjoyable reading experience I'm glad that I read it but I don't think that I would read it again and I don't think I would read another book similar with quite so many pages but I did enjoy it good okay Jen do you feel like you are a plot reader or do you feel that you can appreciate like character-led books in the right feel for you? I think I'm super plot-driven. So unless it's non-fiction, in which case I love reading about the person, obviously. But I think with fiction, I like there to be a really strong plot. Otherwise, I'm a bit like, well, what am I reading? What am I hoping for? And how is this going to end? Mm. Did you go down a rabbit hole in Googling facts about the anymore because that's anytime I read a historical fiction I always end up googling facts or looking things up afterwards I actually didn't but to know I did finish this when I was in Italy with you two so I was kind of going down a bit of a rabbit hole just eating loads of pizza yeah so in usual circumstances I may well have done <laughs> yeah it's I know what you mean about it is a very character-led book but I think for me that was what I really liked about it like the relationships between the different women you know kind of seeing like what happens to them and how that each of their stories unfolds that's that was what I really enjoyed about it but I'm glad you enjoyed it I know it's way out of your normal reading comfort zone I think the relationships were fantastic and I liked how they evolved as they got older and there wasn't any distinct ends to it you got the feeling that the characters were going to go on creating their lives and interacting with each other like that was really really well done mm. so Lex do you want to ask Lucy Jones about what she's been reading I have been dying to ask you about this book okay so Lucy I recommended you one of my favorite Claire McIntosh books and I feel like you told me on surface level that you enjoyed it but mm -hmm. I would love to hear your in-depth review. Yeah. So I just have to supplement that with Lex. Not only recommended it, but gave it a ringing endorsement of it is the book with the best plot twist she has ever read. So I did go into it with very high expectations. Which I still maintain. Like, yeah. I still continue to read thriller fiction every day. And this is still at the top of the list. Yeah. So I absolutely flew through this book I could not put it down I mean yeah not much of a thriller reader and I think the bar has been set incredibly high so I'll read the blurb it's Claire McIntosh I let you go a tragic accident it all happened so quickly she couldn't have prevented it could she in a split second Jenna Gray's world descends into a nightmare 
Her only hope of moving on is to walk away from everything she knows to start afresh. Desperate to escape, Jenna moves to a remote cottage on the Welsh coast, but she is haunted by her fears, her grief and her memories of a cruel November night that changed her life forever. Slowly, Jenna begins to glimpse the potential for happiness in her future, but her past is about to catch up with her and the consequences will be devastating. So, Jen, what you were talking about with needing something to happen, the accident, like it opens with the accident, that's in the prologue, like it happens straight away. And then I feel it's a slow build. So I didn't feel that I was waiting for anything to happen. I was slightly distracted with the, because of what I knew about the plot twist. I was a bit distracted thinking, okay, well, what's it going to be? No, it can't be that. Or, well, that would just be too obvious because there's two. It's really hard to talk about without giving it away because it's such a good book. I would hate to spoil it for anyone. But there's kind of two big dramatic reveal moments. One comes about midway through and then the other one is at the end. I just, yeah, just could not put it down. I was completely hooked. I thought the writing was, you know, very convincing, good character development, along with a kind of exciting plot as well. But yeah, I loved it. It is, it's very hard to talk about because it is just... Sure. <laughs> so it's that three out of three of us giving friend of the show, Claire Mack, five out of five for this one. I'd give it a five out of five. Me yeah. too. Yes! <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I definitely am going to continue reading crime fiction thrillers. Yeah, since reading this by Claire Mack, I've also read a Ruth Ware and an Erin Kelly and a Colleen Hoover. So yeah, I think well, well and truly embracing the thrillers from now on. But like I say, yeah, bar set very, very high with this as my introduction. I was going to say, you're starting with the giants. Like mm-hmm. you... <laughs> obviously crime fiction is such a massive genre and you've got so many like sub genres to kind of trickle down into and I think I mean from what I can remember of I let you, somebody's phone ringing no it's the ice cream man in the background of my house <laughs> I, want an ice cream. I want an ice cream mine's a Mr Whippy with a flake please Jen <laughs> So yeah, so many subgenres that you can trickle down into. And I think from what I remember of I Let You Go, I would call it like a, a thriller, maybe a little bit of a domestic noir with a kind of police procedural lilt to it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. loved that. And I loved knowing that Claire McIntosh was a police officer and did handle a very similar case to this. So knowing that when I was reading it, I'm going, okay, this feels so real and it feels so juicy. Mm. I also loved that the first reveal comes, like you said, midway through the book. Mm. I think I'm so used to reading crime fiction that leave all of their twists, reveals, you know, changes to the very end of the book. Mm -hmm. So I was just like plodding through the pages, do, 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 do. And then I get to it and I'm like, oh my God, I had to go back a few pages and be like, what's going on? I was just going to ask if you did that because massive plot reveal number one, it's so, it's just so big that I went back through the book and skimmed what I had said to look for clues. Like, how did I miss that? Like, where, you know, is there any hint to this? And it's just so cleverly done with the writing. It just, it doesn't give anything away, but it's, it's, it's realistic uh, as well in line of you know what's what's happened but yeah so good so Lex and I both read crime thriller fiction all the time and this one and the plot twists are so good 
that when I was reading it, I was literally just messaging Lex in all capitals. Like, I cannot believe what is happening. So, so good. I think Lex would agree, though. I feel super jealous of you, Lucy, just going into the start of this thriller thing, because once you've read a ton of them, you get mm. to a point where you kind of think, mm, I know where this is going, actually. And you don't have that yet. Yeah. Do you feel I'm, on, I'm at the start of a beautiful journey? Yes. <laughs> a you're beautiful, like a thriller terrifying. baby. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I know it was Lexi recommended this, but I know you are both avid, like, thriller readers. Thank you for the recommendation. I've loved it. You're so welcome. And I love that you have already racked up a massive TBR and you're working way through the crime fiction giants. I think if you're going to recommend something and then somebody takes it to the extreme so that they love the book and then they go away and they're like, yes, I want to read more of this. I want to read more of that. Mm -hmm. Feels like a job well done, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do feel like, yeah, Lexa, you especially have, I need to get you a t-shirt. I, <laughs> I would like a pin badge, please, that okay. says top-notch recommender. <laughs> okay, so Lex, the book that I recommended you, Starvaker, how'd you get on? So I have a confession, and the confession is that I have not finished it. Awful. But it is, I would like to pref, well, I mean, I'm not prefacing it, I'm saying it after my reveal of the fact that I haven't finished it but I would like to add as an addendum that I have every intention of finishing it I did not not finish it because I didn't like it my life just got in the way and I think also this particular book for me and I've never really found this before but it feels like a winter book I feel like I was reading this when I was with you guys in Italy and it was the first kind of summer sun that my body had seen for what felt like three years and this book is set in a very snowy wintry I think it might even just be over Christmas almost like haunting there's wind rattling the windows vibe so to be reading that and then waking up in the gorgeous Italian sunshine every day it was really disjointing for me so I think in favour of pizza, I put the book down. <laughs> I've never done that with a book before. <laughs> I mean, however, that being said, I really love a kind of this more modern take on folklore horror. This I'm loving. I like the concept. I like the setting. I like the character and the interaction between the characters. The things that I need to learn to embrace a bit more with the book are the fact that, like you, Jen, I'm a plot person. Like, mm -hmm. I need pace and, like, just consistent, uh, what's the word? What is the word? Almost more structure towards the next yeah, section. Yeah, I need some, like, something that's going on. Whereas this book, and I will read the blurb in just one second so you can get a bit of a feel for it, there are a lot of long, languid, lyrical sentences that feel almost poetic, but it's not poetry in any way. So at a point where I was just wanting to get through it and figure out what was going on and what was happening, the lyricism was asking me to slow down mm -hmm. and was asking me to just like read the book as a journey, whereas I didn't come to it for a journey. I came to it to know what's happening and to figure it out. Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of think that's the beauty of it, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 
not one that's full on thrills scared it's that quiet creeping feeling of something has gone really wrong here and you need to slow it down to get that creeping feeling yeah definitely and I think the other thing with this book actually let me read the blurb first the worst possible thing has happened Richard and Juliet Willoughby's son Ewan has died suddenly at the age of five Starvacre, their house by the moors, was to be full of life, but now is a haunted place. Juliet, convinced Ewan still lives there in some form, seeks the help of the Beacons, a seemingly benevolent group of occultists. Richard, to try and keep the boy out of his mind, has turned his attention to the field opposite the house, where he patiently digs the barren dirt in search of a legendary oak tree. Starvaker is a novel about the way in which grief splits the world in two and how, in searching for hope, we can so easily unearth horror. Like, that sounds sick. It sounds mm-hmm. so good. And I, that, I think that's what's exciting me to get to the end. But I do have a slight reservation about what the end might hold. Because there are a few almost like speculative thriller fictions that I've read where something is happening you, you don't know what quite is happening. I suspend my disbelief for the entirety of the book, hoping that I'm going to get the payoff that I want at the end. Like, I'm sure you've realised, like, I'm, I'm a bit of a black and white reader. When it comes to thrillers, I'm like, but that's not real. Or, but that's magic. That doesn't count. And there have been a kind of, like, a few supernatural fantasy versus reality, like, is it magic or is it mental health? Like that's a big conversation I feel. And there are a few things that I've read recently that I felt let down with when the answer is magic. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of me that hopes that that's not the end here. And I'm willing to, to suspend my beliefs a little bit, but the reason that I don't read science fiction is because I hate the plot loop of, oh, it's aliens. Obviously I'm not expecting any aliens here, But as long as it keeps treading that line between horror and folklore, that's fine, I think. Anything further afield of that, I'm not sure. I will say the ending is super weird. Like, it's really good. Okay, all right. I'll get on board. I will get on board. Well, I'm about 100 pages away from the book that I'm currently reading. So then I will bump this one back up to the top of my TBR, finish it get you my final review Mm -hmm. perfect but I would read more things in a similar ilk (laughs) but I almost feel like I need you to read them first (laughs) (laughs) I need this is what you're like with non-fiction though Lex and I recommend you new non-fiction you say yeah I'll read this when you've read it and said it's good yeah yeah but then you know if I'm gonna be a top class recommender who gets a pin badge then I need to know that it's gone through a few different hands first. Okay, so essentially I am the reader's reader. Yeah, well, we need you to sense check stuff. Make sure it's worth our time. Jen, we've all got TBRs that are easily 10, 20 books long. If I'm going to bump something up to the top, it's got to be, it's got to be worth it. This teaches me, this serves me right for being the woman that will only keep five unread books in her house, doesn't it? Like if I'm going to have so few unread books, I have to expect that people are going to think I'm going to get through them quickly. You know, Jen, I was thinking about this the other day, that your exact, yeah, stat. I was looking at my bookshelf and trying to top how many 
like well reorganizing my tbr list basically and then looking at how many i've read not read and yet that popped into my head and i was like god jen jen would be disappointed she could see the amount of books that aren't read in my bookshelf (laughs) (laughs) i saw a tiktok maybe yesterday or maybe even this morning that said if you own more than a thousand books it counts as a library and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at the books in front of me and there are easily a hundred books in this room. And I don't even live in this house. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about the storage locker that I own. I'm thinking about the books that I've left over at my parents' house. I definitely own a library's worth of books. Though I, I read loads, but I will give them to everyone. So the other day, no exaggeration, somebody was painting my front door and I'm sat on my sofa working from home and he's just kind of tradesman chatting at me saying oh what do you do and I kind of said I'm doing books right now and he said oh I'm a massive reader so then I thought oh stood up made a massive pile of books probably about 15 books here you go just take these never bring them back read them I will give books to anyone you're like the exotic anonymous book donator (laughs) (laughs) I'm a book pusher I think that's where I fall down. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I can't. No, that I'm I need that book. I need to put it on my shelf. One of my friends is a big thriller reader, and I've already said to her, "Have you read this book about Verity?" And I've said I will give her my copy. But yeah, if I really enjoyed it, I've just thought there's always that voice in the back of my head that's like, "But I might want to read it again." So I'm, I'm always nervous to give it away. Do you know what we should share with the listeners? The perfect anecdote that illustrates this, which also links into some content we're going to post on Instagram. So when we were in Italy together, we found a little free library and we all had our books. And we were like, oh, let's do a little, let's do a little reel of us all putting our books that we're reading into the little free library. So we did that. And then what happened, Lex? We went about our day. We had some lunch. We did some work. And then just as we were kind of like packing up our cafe to leave and get on with our evenings, I turned to Jen and I was like, Jen, where are the books that we used this morning for our reel? And a kind of, there was a moment where this energy passed between us of, well, I was panicking and Jen, Jen seemed to know exactly what was going on. Jen was like, well, we put them in the, in, in the little free library. I'm like but Jen I have not finished that book yet and even if I have finished it I'm not ready to let it go I don't feel like my relationship with that book is over (laughs) so what did I do what did I do Jen what did I make you do requested that I run back to the little (laughs) free library and retrieve not only yours but Lucy's because you knew Lucy would also want to keep her book from the little free library so in fact the only book that got left there was mine at least, there you at go. least one out of three isn't bad. It sums up who we are as readers. <laughs> there you go. And now the people of Rosetto have got some wonderful lyrical historical fiction to, to enjoy. Exactly that. And I think that's probably an excellent note to end the episode on. Sounds perfect. So, Jen, listen, thank you so much for this recommendation. I'm sorry that I haven't finished reading it, but I will. And that is a promise. You can hold me accountable. And I'm stoked to pick up another title from this genre. And we want to hear all about your thriller reading, Luce. Yeah, I'll keep you both updated. May it may be a long, long and beautiful journey, Lucy, and the, and the new world of thrillers. 
I feel like every time I read a good book now, I'm going to be like, hey, Lucy Jones, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> you need that to add this to your list. I did start off with the Giants. So I am nervous for when I read a mediocre one because it's just going to feel like crushing disappointment. It'll be fine. Between Jen and I and all of the listeners, we will be able to keep you stocked, I feel, with mm-hmm. excellent thriller recommendations. I think so. Keep them <laughs> We can guide you through your journey so that you actually never have to read a bad book. Oh my God, do you like my thriller fairy godmothers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I want that on a pin. That's what I want on a pin. <laughs> right, okay, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And if you guys have recommendations on thrillers, on horror, on any kind of like folklore, weaving narratives, on historical fiction, or on anything that you think either of the three of us would really enjoy, please do send them in because we would absolutely love to hear them. And we will, of course, uh, shout you out if your book turns out to be the next best thing. But probably nothing's going to knock Claire off the top spot. I'm just going to give you that. But I think that's it from us today. That's it. Goodbye, guys. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please do take a minute to rate, review and subscribe and we'll see you next week. As always, we're open to your feedback. So please do hit us up at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram or using the hashtag Tandem Collective Talks. If there's anyone, content creator wise, industry superstars or your favourite author that you think we should feature on the podcast, then let us know. Bye. Bye. See you later.